Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology. Because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life, that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Real quick, real quick. uh, I just want to say... um, 311 Clothing had an Easter outfit giveaway event this last weekend, and we gave away hundreds of pieces of clothes, hundreds of pieces of clothes to people in the community. Like, God is doing something. And you know what? We didn't invite nobody to church, but they invited themselves. They wanted to come because we're planting seeds, and we're loving on people where they're at. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Um... It's so exciting. I had a couple of things real quick I wanted to share that as we were worshiping and then pre-service and then this weekend there was a men's conference that went real well, had a great time, and God spoke to me and he gave me a verse. And when I read it, I'm like, is that for right now? Should I be saying something in this conference right now? And, and there was just this no. Like I wanted to say it because I'm like, that's good. God's like, no, no, no. It, it's not for then. It's for now. And, and, and just hearing the things I've been hearing this morning uh, with the missionary, uh, you know, send off this morning and, and, and things that are moving forward and how God is building a team and how God is, is raising people up in this area and making us trailblazers and, and forerunners for the gospel. You know, he, he says this and he gave me this verse. And, and I love when God gives me a verse that I've never read, because then when I read it and dots are connected, I'm like, that's God. That is God for sure, at least for me. That's how I process. And it's, it's Psalms, it's chapter 2, and the heading over it, here, I love the heading over it. It says, the reign of the Lord's anointed. Oh, yeah, he gave me chapter 2, uh, verse 8. He says, ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. God is giving us land to possess. We're leaving a legacy in Jesus' name. And, and that takes us standing up, and, and, and we see it happening in places where you get kicked out for being a Christian, yet your requirement to go there is to be a Christian. Are you kidding me? You can't have any more favor from God when he says, I'm going to send you to a place that says no with my yes. That's crazy. So today is Palm Sunday. That's a good day. Yes, that's a good day. That's a good day. And some of the stuff that... Uh, you know, God was showing me uh, during worship. Oh, somebody got my cup. Thank you. I leave my cups everywhere. It's ridiculous. There was a coffee cup there. Thank you. Whoever got that. <laughs> um, so, so God was showing me these things. And, and what he said, and I wish I had like a whiteboard so I could write. And I know there was one, but, you know, God gave it to me at the last second. You know, I'm like, all right, Jesus. So I want you to just picture this, right? You, the word victory, right? You can't have victory without the cross. The T is right in the middle. You can't have victory without the cross, right? 
That's awesome. It's awesome to me. I jumped inside. I'm like, are you crazy? And another thing, we were talking about building, right? You can't build without you and I. Come on. Think about that. The word, you and I. You can't build without you and I. It was meant to be a group thing, right? It was the victory in the building. That's an us thing, not a me thing or just a you thing. It's an us thing, right? Oh, man. So there's three things I hope you walk away with today out of this message. I want you to get an understanding of what Palm Sunday is because I never had one. I didn't know what that was at all. I'm like, is that like a pre-Easter Easter? Is that, is that Easter? Like, I didn't know. Um, the second thing is, why does it matter? Why does Palm Sunday matter? And how does it apply to us today? Right? Because the word of God is relevant now, just like it was relevant then. And it will be relevant in the future, like it is today. Because that's the word of God is living and active, right? And so my, my primary set of scriptures that I'll be uh, coming out of, um, which is the basis for my message, is going to be out of Matthew chapter 21. It will be starting at verse 1, and we're going to get there. Uh, but I want to let you know that Palm Sunday, it's also known as like Passion Week, like the beginning of Passion Week, right? And, and so what we're seeing there is, is really, in a nutshell, it's the beginning of the final week of Jesus's uh, earthly ministry, right here right, before ultimately going to the cross, um, fulfilling prophecy, uh, dying, raising, right, and ultimately ascending, and then empowering us, right, and so what we're going to do is I'm going to read this story, so if you want to turn with me, you're more than welcome to in whatever form of turning to you have available, Uh, but starting in Matthew chapter 21, verse 1, the heading is the triumphal entry, Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. If you're not sure what to say, Jesus will tell you. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, this whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna, the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, 
Yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared, prepared praise? And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. Wow. There's a lot going on in there. There's a lot going on in there. You know, God's word would tell us that, you know, these, these people cut these palm branches and they waved them in the air and, and they laid them out and they laid cloaks out. And, and you know, palm branches, uh, I thought that they were just what was around. But sometimes we just use what's around us, right? But palm branches are actually uh, symbolic to goodness and, my favorite, victory. Victory. And, and so it was symbolic of the final victory where, where he would ride in and soon fulfill, you know, the prophecy to defeat the power of sin and death. And, and it was also a sign showing um, honor and submission to, to kings, right? And in this case, it's the king of kings, right? What better time to show some honor and submission and, and to glorify uh, than to do it for Jesus, and here's the thing is these were looked at so highly that you would often see them at that time. They were inscribed on coins, right? And even on important buildings. And I find that interesting, right? There's so many parallels because, it, you know, we see Paul and when he's referencing our body, right? He says, do you not know your body is a temple? A temple, a building. We're important. It's stamped. It's engraved on us, right? <laughs> And then we see reference to inscription in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, and he says, you yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, not written, not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. There's an engraving on your heart. God has marked you, Right. You said Jesus loves you. And you know what? That's always a word for somebody, brother. Today, tomorrow, the next day, right? We see that Jesus rode in on a donkey, right? He chose to do that, which is a direct fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in uh, Zechariah 9 and 9. Um, and in biblical times, it was common for kings to, uh, it was common for kings to, to, uh, arrive by procession riding on a donkey it symbolized peace and and so those that chose to ride in on them um, they came with peaceful intentions and even Jesus reminds us because he's called the prince of peace right so we see this and and when the people are shouting Hosanna uh, they're hailing him Christ the king right because Hosanna you know it it actually means save now right save now uh, I've heard it referenced, please save, and I've heard save, but, but save now seems relevant because that's what we need right now. Save now, right? And so, so we see that, um, you know, in their minds, they're waiting for this earthly king, and, and he's going to come and do all these different things. But God had a different plan, right? Because the kingdom of God is upside down to the kingdom of the world. It, it, it works in a different way. So what we thought we were going to see happen, we didn't see happen the way we thought we would see it. And that is how God works most of the time. There's times when he lines up with what you thought you would see, and then he shows you that, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. There's other times he makes you search for it. And guess what? Jesus displays this in parables, right? Let those who have ears to hear and eyes to see. He wants you to search the deeper things, not just take it at surface level. 
The Bible says that he wept for Jerusalem. Now remember, he entered into Jerusalem, the very place he was weeping for. And in the midst of the praise of the moment, he knew his heart, uh, in his heart that it wouldn't be long that these same people would turn their backs on him, betray him, crucify him. His heart was broke with the reality of how much they really needed a savior. Because sometimes we attack what we don't understand. More often than not, we'll attack what we don't understand. Side note, I am just being honest here. I recently started a diet, right, eating different, because I wanted to see, first of all, that I could. I'm not getting younger. I want to get in shape. I want to get healthy. And so I was, I was cutting out sugar, not was, I am. I'm cutting out sugar, and I'm cutting out a lot of carbs. And, and I say all this to say I didn't know how addicted to sugar I was until I stopped. And so I went from looking at people that couldn't stop eating sugar and going, it's just a mind game, guys, to realizing it's not just a mind game. It goes beyond the mind. And that's my fault for assuming because I attacked what I didn't understand. You know, Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Christ is far greater than any the mind of man could ever conceive or even plan out, ever. And, and this, at the core of it all, this is why we celebrate it. This is why, you know, this is so, so what it is, is it's a celebration, right? Which is ultimately a fulfillment of, of prophecy, okay? So that's just it in a nutshell, right? We see that, but then we understand that this is a celebration because Jesus is coming to set us free from a lot of things, but he's setting us free from ourselves too. And, and so when we see that, you know, we, we have to think at their time, they were waiting for a promised Messiah. He was coming. He is going to come, and he is going to set up shop. He is going to establish a kingdom in the natural. He is going to overthrow the Roman regime at the time because they were not having it. You will conform to how we say, or you will die. And, and, and so they said, you can't worship the way you want to. You can't believe what you want to. You can't even do what you want to if we don't have our stamp of approval on it. And they literally had signet rings. But I'm just saying, they, they were about it. See, they said, you have to conform to societal norms. That sounds like today. That sounds like today. Which is yet another reason why when it happened then, it applies to today. So why does it matter? Because we're going through it again. We're doing the same kind of stuff. We're seeing the same kind of stuff. The difference between then and now is now we have freedom in Christ. So we celebrate it because it was a prophetic act to a victory we were going to have. He's going down this trail. He's going down this path. On either side, there's the palm branches being waved. And then we see the cloak, and, and it's a road. And, and the Bible would say something like, narrow is the road. We see him going in, entering by the narrow gate. We see him going to fulfill. And it says that while we were still sinners, he still loved us. Right? Before the foundations of the world, he was the lamb that was going to be slain. And so it matters because it's a reminder that we get to do this right now. In Idaho Falls, Idaho, at Rise Church, we get to praise God. We get to worship God. We're not under Roman oppression. We get to celebrate that. We get to choose translations. We get to decide when and what we want to do on a pretty regular basis. And so it's important to remember that he didn't just do this so we can all go, oh, that's a cute story, and let's do stuff in kids' church. It's to get together and really realize we're celebrating the things that are to come. All right? This 
Palm Sunday never had the significance to me that it does in these past years. It really didn't because I lacked understanding. And, and where, where there's lack of understanding and knowledge, the people perish. So we, we see them, uh, they're excited, and at times they're also relieved, right? They have to be because it's like, well, here's, here he is. Here's the one that was prophesied. He's coming. Not all of them understood that. And some of them were indignant, as we read, about what was going on, right? Um, but, you know, I think sometimes that opposition shows that you're making progress. So, uh, mm. the thing is, they got what they wanted, but it didn't come the way they expected. Have you ever got what you wanted, but it didn't come the way you expected? Because sometimes we realize, we don't realize that our prayers have been answered, but because it didn't come in the package that we expected it to, we kind of missed that blessing. We missed that answer. And so now, because we didn't see it, right? We're, we're looking all these different places and we're wondering why God didn't answer the, the prayer. But sometimes it's, it's right in front of you, but, but you don't see it because you were looking based on a set of parameters and God is answering your prayer outside of the parameters. And so you have this, you have this vision this, uh, with the, the blinders like horses, right? When they put them on, they can only see what's in front of them. They have to turn to see anything else, but they only see what's in front of them. And, and so with this, you know, some people are only seeing what's in front of them. So it matters because God has given us a gift, the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. When he left, boom, we see it in Acts. Falls fresh, right? So, so it's important to remember this is the beginning of, of the greatest time in history, arguably, I would say, right? Because we're coming into a place where the Holy Spirit's on us and in us. And empowering us. And so when we see these things, it's more than just that, that, that like, oh, yeah, that was cool. And let's all just high five. And I'm trying to drive it home that we really hold on to this. Don't ever let this be some Christian, quote unquote, Christian holiday and, and cool. Let's get the pump. Like, that's great. But let's make sure, just like we always emphasize here about taking communion, like it means more than just being like some kind of ritual. Right. It, it can't just be a checkmark event. It has to be a desire from your heart where you say, am I right? Because if I'm not, I'm going to set this down. I'm going to go get right. These people were seeing the one coming that was going to make it right. Hmm. You know, we see this whole, this whole celebration is, uh, it's based on, it's based around an expectation that he'd come and rescue them out of their oppression, right? And, and honoring him as a king and remembering uh, that there were already kings in place, but they wanted him to come because he was supposed to, like I said, rightfully claim what they believed was theirs. And uh, what we need to remember is that we get the fruit of that. Right here, right now, we get the fruit of that, right? Of what happened there. We get it now. We get to be sons and daughters of the king of kings. That's an inheritance, okay? That, that's victory. That's building. That's, that's, that's the essence of Jesus. He's like, listen, I made you in my image and likeness. Now you go out, and, and I'm going to empower you to do it too. And so we see that. So when we're following the life of Jesus, we see right from the very beginning that he knows his purpose here on earth. He comes, he grows up, he gains favor with God and man. He stays focused on the mission 
which is ultimately to die on the cross for our sins. And all the while, he's staying submitted to the Father. See, we read in John 6 and 38, he says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And again, in John 5 and 19, he says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. What is going on? There we go. You know, we even see, uh, we see Paul in the book of Philippians chapter 2 when he's talking about Christ's example of humility. He says, starting at verse 5, Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, check it out, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. Humility can be found in obedience to God. Humility can be found in obedience to God. And there's so many scriptures um, referencing like his submission to God, right, to, to, to the Father's will, um, and, and there's the apostles are referencing it, and then there's a reference of them coming in the name of Jesus and doing his will, right? And so um, we see that when Jesus is in submission and in alignment with God's will, we see, mm, we see that he can go forth and accomplish God's purpose and God's intention. Then he leaves, and we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then we see the apostles doing the same thing. They're submitted. They are submitted. They're submitted till the end, right? If you read Fox's Book of Martyrs, they talk about them historically, the ones, how they died. Like, they wrote it out to the end. And, and you know, uh, I'm not talking about death here, but I am saying God wants you to write it out to the end. He needs people that will stand up and write it out to the end. And, and so, you know, the Lord gave me uh, this phrase for this message and, and so, you know, if you take notes, go ahead and write this down. Submission equals position. Submission equals position. See, when we're submitted to the Father, it puts us in a position where we're in his will. And, and when we're in his will first, we're in the best place we can be, first of all. We are right where we should be. And, and it's not about what we see around us. It's what we know inside of us. And that's Christ, the hope of glory, right? And seeing that glory manifest and come out. Mm. And, and so it's this perspective that when I, when I submit to God, I'm positioned to do the things he's called me to do, the things that were predestined, right? And so we see that when he's coming and entering into Jerusalem, there's a submission taking place which positioned him, and, and he takes it right to the cross, faithful even unto death on a cross. And so God is saying, you know what? When you submit to me, when you surrender to me, I know what it looks like. I know the same people that were praising you want you to die now. But when you submit to me, I'm going to position you to walk from victory, not towards victory. I need you to, to realize that when we're doing that in our job, sometimes our jobs, you just want to just, right? You want to say some things that are not PG-13. You know what I mean? But, but when you're submitted unto God, right, the Bible says, do everything unto the Lord. 
That's a reference to submission. You submit to me and you, you do it out of a place of desire, not religion, but out of that relationship. And, and guess what? That positions you. That all of a sudden you get a phone call that says, I want you to come and be a teacher and a Christian because you're submitted to the will of God. And he positions you where he needs you to be because he's a God of intention and he's a God of purpose. And you know what? He's strategic because he built strategy. It's not a coincidence when you look at everything that works in the world. It's not happenstance. It's not like, oh, man, the universe just the universe just didn't do nothing. He said, let there be and everything after that followed. And, and so, yeah, yeah. And everything followed. And, and so it's just not a coincidence that those things work together so good and, and so seamlessly. And that's just by accident. No. Those things came under submission. When God said, let there be, it happened, and it stayed that way. This is Holy Week, Sanctification Week. This is Praise Week. This is, thank God, insert here, week. That's what that is. Jesus was led into the wilderness. He was led out there to be tempted, right? And, and see, here's the thing is, he, he was led out there to be prepared, Right. There, there's a there was the preparation and sometimes we like to get ahead of it and sometimes we like to skip it. And sometimes we're trying to get the right thing at the wrong time. And if we get it right, there's chaos that will erupt from that. Problems can happen when you get the right thing at the wrong time. It's like, no, you don't know how to drive. But if I let you take this car and you wreck it, you got the right thing because eventually you'll get the car when you get your license. But right now you're getting the car in advance and then you crash it. I'm giving you the right thing at the wrong time. God's timing is what it's about. So you've been praying for stuff, right? And, and you're asking God, and you're waiting, and you're wondering, and, 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 and I'm telling you that you're going to see time and time again throughout Scripture that, that God answers, and it's right on time. But sometimes it's years, and we read it in pages, and we read it in chapters, and we go, well, that only happened two chapters later. Yeah, but that could have been 20 years. That could have been 20 years. And we forget that. We forget that. So, so remember, we're waiting on him, and, 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 and we're going with him. Because the Bible would say that we co-labor with Christ. Sometimes we just like, all right, God, do it all. No, we got to break off that mindset. Sound biblical theology coupled with the authentic power of God. When we have our theology right, we see the, the, the power of God come in like a wrecking ball. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, that's cool. I'm co-laboring with you. So therefore your burden is light and your yoke is easy. And so I can walk this out and I can wait this out. It doesn't make it any less rough, you know. What I'm not going to do is pretend like it's okay and you're supposed to just act like it's all good because Jesus. No, you can have your feelings. You know, work it out. Get around wise counsel. Get people that will remind you that his time is the best time. And it doesn't look like it right now, but it'll happen. It'll happen. You need people to keep encouraging you. All right? And, and we see that when he's coming down. We have people blessing him, happy, and encouraging him. And, and so there's all these stages of preparation. Paul he got saved, right? And then he goes away for 14 years. I haven't even been saved for 14 years. And I'm like, 14 years? And then Jesus goes in the wilderness, right? So we see him 30 years of nothing, but there's preparation, right? We see it in the temple. We see all these things going on, right? And then boom, he goes into the wilderness. We've got to prepare you. Make sure you got it. This is the last. This is the final walk into Jerusalem. Like, we need to see it. I'm just drawing parallels, okay? Um, and, and so... There's the preparation. Then he passes. Then he goes into ministry. Now he's preparing 12 men to change the world, right? Now, obviously, in that, we see uh, 
We see all kinds of encounters in all kinds of places, but he's preparing them, right? Then when he leaves, they take the mantle, and then they prepare people, right? And so we see this process, and, and <clears throat> you know, one point I want to make is we don't see promotion without preparation. We don't see promotion without preparation. I'm going to keep this ball rolling as fast as I can. I mean it when I say it. If you're done before me, be blessed. But I, I just got to get these last couple of things out. Uh, but we don't, we don't see that, uh, that there's promotion without preparation. And if, if you want to know something about prepping, go, go check out the series. Pastor Ben started meal prep. Shameless plug. I don't care. Check it out. It's a good thing. It's a good, it's a good thing. We're going somewhere with there. There's a hunger and a thirst after God and his word. And, and there's a lot going on in there. And as it begins to unpack and unfold, you, you're going to begin to see his word in a different light and a hunger for it in a different light. And, and it's going to be good. And so, you know, um, we don't always feel prepared, right? It's overwhelming sometimes. But God knows when you're prepared. So if you would walk by faith and not by sight, if, if you would submit to him, he would position you and he'll take you places. There are things that have happened in the last eight years I am not prepared for. But God is like, I know when you're prepared. So what you need to do is stop with all the doubts and all the stuff and let me do what I do best. And that's, that's lead and guide you. And sometimes it comes through people around you, leaders around you. And so, uh, <clears throat> one thing I... Uh, So, we see him coming on to the scene, final days. He's going to the cross. Did you know that his wounds are our wins? I just want you to think about that for a minute. His wounds are our wins. By his stripes, we were healed. Right? Come on. There's so many things that talk about that. And, and I want you to know that sometimes you are going to find your wins through your wounds. Oh, you don't believe me? He said that we're called to be imitators of Christ. And blessed are those who suffer for his namesake. Those who desire to live godly lives, all of a sudden we're blessed. So we're going to see our wins through our wounds because he saw the, the win through the wound. So when we're doing the same thing he, he did, when we're, when we're walking that and we're imitating Christ, all of a sudden we get to step back and look at situations and say, you know what, that was rough. And I'm going to cry in that garden of Gethsemane. But, but you know what? God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to walk this thing out. I'll be the only one that will stand up and say I'm a Christian that's cool whatever it is write it out because it's through those times right you change your perspective he said renew your mind daily that's a continual thing not renew it and then walk away and that's good uh-uh don't do that because then what's going to happen is the world creeps in and it tells you hey hey I know that's over there that Christian thing's not working for you but here come over here and let's do this Let's not do that. Let's get into this, the word of God, the word of God, and let's renew our minds daily and let's walk this thing out and let's praise for the Holy Week, not just today, right? Every day. And then after this week is over, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it going. You're not too young. You're not too old. You are capable of getting filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're not, you can do it in your house. If you're not comfortable here, you say, God, come and fill me up. And you keep on petitioning heaven until heaven invades your life. Until heaven inveal, uh, invades your life. So, 
just to, just to wrap it up a little bit, if I could get someone on the keys. Your last time on the keys. Oh, don't even go don't there. Don't even go there. You give me a hug. You give me a hug. <laughs> so humility is found in obedience to God. Right? We see it all through the Bible. And I say that because when, we, when we're humbled by what God did, when we remember what he did for Palm Sunday, there, there's a humility that says, you know what? I don't feel like I'm worth someone dying for me. But he did it anyway. That's humbling because I was garbage. And, and then he came in and he changed my life. And, and I'm more than just a sinner saved by grace. I'm brand new in Jesus' name. I do stuff and I make mistakes, but I'm brand new in Jesus' name. A new heart, a new mind, a new way of living, a new way of speaking, a new way of seeing things. And when I fall, I get back up. In the same way it happens to me, it can happen for you. Number two, submission equals position. When we're submitted to God, we're positioned for victory. Plain and simple. How it all looks is going to be, you know, it's, it's your life. It's between you and God. But we are positioned for it. We don't see promotion without preparation. Okay? God's preparing you for stuff. And, and oftentimes the preparation process, it, it's not fun. That doesn't mean it always isn't fun. But there's times when it's not. And he needs you to just stick it out. And keep praying. Keep seeking wise counsel. Don't isolate. That is a tactic from the enemy to keep you isolated and have you pointing fingers everywhere else except in the mirror. Give it to God. Come to church. Gather. Today I want you to, you know, when you go home, whatever the case, ask God to show you areas of your life where you need humility. Like not saying you're arrogant or any of that, but just places where, where you could come a little lower. Where, where you could adjust, where you're willing to let go and let God for real. And, 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 and ask yourself and pray and say, God, am I, am I submitted to your will in this? Like, am I really submitted to your will? Because I go to church, I go to prayer group, I have a Bible, I do that stuff. But you can do all that with good intentions, but still not quite be there. And, and so I say that even for me. This whole weekend was about a heart check. That was the whole men's conference, wholehearted. Check your heart. Do you trust what's going on? Because God feels you. Now, do you trust that? So ask him, am I submitted? And then just take the risk. Whatever he says, whatever he says, he says, no, I think you should adjust this area. Just adjust it. It's like growing pains. Like nobody wants growing pains, but they're necessary. And then I just want you to ask God, what am I being prepared for right now in this season of my life? Because we're all being prepared for something, always. But recognizing it, sometimes that seems to be the issue and we see that in, in misunderstanding of our identity. We're, we're looking to be everyone and everything else but ourselves because we may not even know what ourselves is. And, and so we have to cry out to God and say, what? Who am I? I don't know who I am. And I look in the mirror and I don't know that person. God will answer. And I just want you to know that he... He's working all things together for the good. He really is. Um, there was a time I really didn't believe that. I grew up in a place where I saw violence. I saw drug dealing. I saw prostitution. I saw, I saw, in some instances, life at its lowest. People that were just lower than low because they didn't know who they were. and They didn't have people around them telling them who they were. 
Don't fall victim to that. Don't die inside when you don't have to. I just want you to keep pushing, all right? Don't give up. You're worth it. You're not defined by your mistakes, and you are not defined by the lies that people try to tell you, okay? God is truth. Hey, thanks again for letting us be a part of your life. We pray that this time has just been life-giving to you. And if it has, if this has been a blessing towards you, there's a few things that you can do in return. If you haven't given already, we would be so grateful for your financial partnership and helping us to continue to empower people with the love and the power of Jesus Christ. So you can give on our website at risechurchid.org. We would also love if you would like or review us on any of our social media platforms. We would also love for you to share it with a friend and maybe tag us. So thank you so much again for letting us be a part of your life. We're praying that Jesus would empower you by his Holy Spirit to bring transformation to the world around you. Love you and God bless.